Welcome to the most overrated, underappreciated, most viewed, unviewed podcast of all time. Welcome to the Prince of Fresh Air. Welcome back, my guy, Wakanda's Forever's own. You seen him in Avengers as the Black Panther, Dimitri. How you doing, man? <laughs> back at y'all with another one. What's up? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I want to give a special shout out to a, a sponsor of this podcast, which is nobody because I'm broke, poor, and not famous. So <laughs> I just want to put that out there. No. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm glad to have you back, man. It's going to be of a course, good man. one. Yep. So, you know, this, this, this episode I wanted to talk about was – it, it kind of inspired me um, when we was doing the video on your podcast. Go check it out. Um, and uh, my recent trip to New York, the difference between New York City and L.A., you know, I knew for me growing up, I don't know about you if you knew this, but, like, there's always been that rivalry between New York and L.A. And I wanted to get into that because now that I've lived here, there's certain things I understand why, you know, New Yorkers might hate L.A., but another thing L.A. might hate about New Yorkers. Ready? Right. Yeah, let's go. All right, perfect. So I'm going to leave this off with the acting stuff because we're both actors, obviously. Um, one thing I've noticed about L.A. compared to New York is there's not a lot of opportunities for you to start here, you know, uh, for yeah. me coming here. I knew coming for me personally was I came prepared. I knew I would have to come my headshot, my reel together. And uh, eventually when I moved here, I put everything, I fine tuned everything. And that's how I landed my agent. But I have noticed if you're a startup actor, have not many credits, it's very hard to, uh, to find a career here. Now I know for you, how, how's your journey been acting wise in New York? Um, I say it really, I think anybody's acting journey is really what you make it. I feel like in some cases, what you say is valid. I also think it's really what you do with where you're at. You know what I'm saying? And like how hard your grind is. And even if let's say you live in, you know, West Bumblefuck, go to where, you know what I mean? You can't like go to the closest place you can to make opportunity. Even if it's just, you know, doing small local theater trying to find a, a, you know, small independent film, you know, just there's always something that you can do wherever you are. So I, I, I think for me, you know, cause I live, I don't live in the city. I, I live in the suburbs of New York. So for me, it's kind of like there, my mindset is you could just always do something. There's always ways to stay active. So in my opinion, I haven't run into any like dry periods. I mean, obviously, you know, the pandemic and everything like that, you know, my whole, you know, plotting of this year in terms of like my acting career kind of, got sidetracked just because of that. But regardless of that, I think it's been pretty smooth. Yeah, man. I, I'll be like, my journey in New York was way easier. Well, it was easy because I knew it was, it was easier for me to find opportunities, especially when I graduated college in 2018, I could just hop on backstage and find a, a play, uh, a student yeah. film. But again, like you said, it depends on drive. I think the biggest problem is because LA is so spread out it's a lot harder for new actors and I've accounted new actors in LA. Some of them I worked with before the pandemic, but a lot of them move here and think it's going to be all glamorous. And it's not. I, what you see on TV about Hollywood is, is far from the truth. Every, a lot of people struggling. A lot of people barely act because they're more worried about paying rent, obviously, because it ain't cheap to live here. 
but the right. opportunity is a lot harder to get to. You know, fortunately, because I came prepared, I was able to get an agent within like two, three months of moving here. So mm-hmm. that was a blessing for me. But I know people who moved here, you know, five years ago who still struggling to find an agent and yeah. get those opportunities because like in New York, you can for you, you could probably just drive to Yonkers or the to the Bronx, take the train, the D train to Manhattan and walk to your gig. Here, yeah. here, while there's more pronounced schools and, and you know that do film and stuff, the problem is if you live in like you know, North Hollywood, for instance, you don't want to drive an hour and a half to Orange County to go film a free student film. So yeah. I think that's where the difference lies. Um, but I don't want to get too much into that. The problem I have with LA is this whole, you know, everybody feels like they're better everybody. Uh, you know, this culture of I got to flex on everybody. I got to look good. Everybody has this Hollywood attitude. And I'm not going to say everybody. But a lot of people that move here who aren't famous anything have this I'm betting you attitude. You know, who are you? You know, I deserve this more than you kind of attitude. Um, whereas in New York, everybody's a hustler. You know what I'm saying? You don't see people, you know, I know people who's been working in the business for years and who's made money doing this stuff. But you don't see them going around boasting how popular or how much money they made. You see them on a the train with you. It's a different culture, so I wanted to get your opinion on that. Like, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, I've never been to LA, and uh, my uh, I haven't really traveled much, honestly, like in my entire lifetime. So I can't say I've been exposed to, you know, like the too many different cultures. You know what I'm saying? Like the subculture of of in LA, the subculture of in Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Florida. You know what I'm saying? Different places, Texas. Right. But, I mean, I will say I'm somebody that, you know, my my environment changes to me. I don't change to my environment. So I feel like for me personally, and, I, and I'm not even the most extroverted guy where let's say if I was in an L.A., I don't think it would affect me that much because I think I would still maneuver through life the same way. Because honestly, I feel like people, like the way that you're describing people in L.A., I feel like people are like that out here. It might not, it's not, it's not as you know, blatant as you probably might, you know, see it out there, but I mean, it's still there. Right. Still smoking mirrors. You know what I mean? Right. No, no, you're definitely right. I mean, obviously, especially when the summer come, you see everybody here wearing these fake $200 necklaces trying to look like two chains and stuff like that. <laughs> but what in LA, it's just be, I don't know why, man, but everybody, like, I'll go to the gym and you'll feel that negative energy. And it's just like, like, why do people have to move like that, especially in certain parts of L.A., like Hollywood, North Hollywood, where more creators and, and, and people in that kind of industry live? You always get the sense of entitlement that people have. And, like, I know personally a few people who drive luxury sports cars because in L.A. you need a car. But I see people driving these luxury sports cars that cost way too much that they can afford. But, you know, you'll see these people driving these cars and they feel like they're a big shot but they got five jobs. They live in somebody's basement paying like $200 in rent and feel like, you know, they're better than everybody else. And that, that's just, you know, in my opinion, that's the, that's the thing that bothers me is because life has been treating me well. You know what I'm saying? I may not be a Leonardo DiCaprio, but life has been treating me well. But I walk around, yeah, I wear my shades and stuff, but I don't walk around feeling like a prima donna. I feel like I have to put on this whole facade that this I, LA is my town and, Nobody else belongs here. Everybody else is untalented. 
it's just like I hate walking down the street and feeling like that. And then when I go to New York, I just blend right in. And yeah. The biggest thing for me was like when I went to New York, I was taking the train all the time. I took the train. Um, and like when I take the train there, nobody feel judged. You know what I'm saying? Like every I remember seeing SNL stars on the train and like Nobody care. Everybody got their music on. Everybody trying to do what they got to do. Nobody cares about you. Maybe people take trains all the time. Like you can, that's where you usually see like a lot of people is either they're walking or they're on public transportation. Right. You know what I'm saying? When I get off the, when I get out of, you know, on 96th street, I don't feel like I have to put my guard up. Obviously you have to cause safety, but like in LA, when I, when I, when I first moved in, I was taking a train. I felt less than like, I felt like I had to stun on people on the train cause I wanted people to know that, like, yeah, I'm taking a train, but I got money, and you don't. And I hate that attitude that, like, I'm a humble guy, and I feel like when I take the train or maybe a bus, like, I feel like a less human being. You know what I'm saying? So Well, it's like, I, I can say where in the suburbs out here, you can't not have a car. Like, and yeah, you know, I've been there where I've taken, I've had to take the bus a couple of times, like to, you know, to go to class or having to take a, well, really like the bus or like walking is probably like the worst of the worst. You know, you take a cab, you know, that that's nothing, but there is that element to it. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like, it's not even, it's not really about that it's because you know, you're, you're going from A to B, you're doing what you have to do. Clearly you're going somewhere. And then that in and itself should say something. You know what I'm saying? Versus some like you really should only feel less than if you're a bum on the street and you're sitting there, not stationary, not going nowhere. Yo, you want to actually hear a funny fact? So I was talking to a dude uh, when I was working. This was like in like February. I was talking to a dude who who lived, you know, I, he was born in L.A. And I asked him about the homeless population because it's crazy out here. It's more than I thought it was going to be. I think it's probably more than New York has. And, and he was telling me, and I didn't realize this when I first moved there, because I see homeless people with TV, cell phones, mm-hmm. the latest, you know, my motorcycle. And he was like, yeah, man, you know, I keep it a buck. I would say about 40 to 50% of homeless people have jobs. They work. They just choose to live on the street. So that's why, like, when I go to like Echo Park, which is a neighborhood where I, uh, next to where I live. You'll go there and like in tents or on the street, you'll see people set up RVs. They got flat screen TVs. They got the latest iPhone. Right. But they, you know, they live in a tent. I was like, word? Like, that's crazy yeah. to think about. Like, some of these people got money in their pocket, but, you know, just choose to sleep in the tent on the, on, on the street. Yeah. No, that's just true. I mean, I, I don't get the rationale behind that. I don't know if they're doing that to save money <laughs> or you know, what the, what the reason for that is, but you know, I mean, Hey, what people get, they're going to do what they're going to do. Yeah. I think, I think it's, I think the, I think the thing is, so there's always been like, who's more expensive, New York, LA. And I'll be honest, New York is way more expensive. The trains are more expensive. Food is more expensive. I think LA, I mean, if you come from like North Dakota, you'll probably think like this is this is crazy expensive. But mm-hmm. LA is not that expensive. I think if you live within your means, I think it's not bad. But I think for a lot of people, they much rather live on the street in a tent for free than pay, you know, for a one bedroom apartment. You could easily run that up here. Like the cheapest I've seen was like two thousand dollars in LA County. So right. 
I think that could be the case because I know here, especially a lot of people have roommates. You know, I know people who live in like the nicest parts of LA, but they have like eight people squeezed up in the two bedroom apartment. But That's and they crazy. still pay and they still pay just as much as I do for my room and my my three my three bedroom apartment. So right. that that's the interesting part uh, about LA. It's like everybody got roommates unless you live in like Beverly Hills or West Hollywood towards that area, mm-hmm. um, Malibu. Uh, mm-hmm. But like I don't know, man. It's just one of those things that always bothered me. Was just like like people feel like they have to flex on everybody, you know. That's just, that that to have to flex and you know stick your chest out whatever to me is like a sign of like insecurity, you know what I mean? Because you, I mean, you said it yourself where it's like you were on public transportation and you felt like you had to flex and to show people that you know what I'm saying. When in reality, you really shouldn't even care. Like I said, you know, like I get that, but at the end of the day, like when I see people, you know, doing certain things, to me, that is more so an indictment on them than whatever outcome they think they're getting out of flexing in the first, you know in the first place. Right, right. Now, here's the biggest drawback of LA that I kind of hate is the nightlife here. Bro, ain't nothing. You've been in New York on a Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, right? Mm-hmm. Even during the week, Monday or Tuesday, yo, to be able to go out anytime you want in New York and go get a beer, hang out with friends is so much better than LA. It just seems like everybody's flaky uh the nightlife is terrible here like you have to either drive to the nearest town to like for instance i live in downtown by by uh dodger stadium and the nightlife down here is garbage it's only like maybe three bars is pretty good right and then but for me if i want to go experience you know a better nightlife if i want to go meet more women and stuff like that i have to go to hollywood north hollywood that's where the places are but unless you live there, you have to make the effort to drive there. And that's been my biggest downfall is, like, the fact that I have to drive or take an Uber somewhere to go party and spend more money is asinine to me. Whereas, yeah. in like, in New York, you can just be like, all right, yo, y'all want to go hang out? Cool. Uh, I'll meet you on 34th Street in, like, you know, in 40 minutes. I'm going to hop on the A train. And bam, you could go to one bar. You could walk down the street to another bar, around the corner to another bar, and so-and-so. And, like, you could just bar hop all night. Mm-hmm. And like it just sucks, man. You know, not even just like the bars, just like the friendships. Like most of my friends, like you, um, are in New York. You know what I'm saying? Because out here, I feel like everybody is more attached to what you can bring to them than they are about the actual friendships. Yeah, they fake. Yeah, people are so fake here, man. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I know Joe Rogan, uh, he spoke about this briefly, uh, because he's moving to Texas after he signed the Spotify deal. One of the things he said was. He hates how overcrowded LA is and he hates that attitude and that fake, that flakiness that people have. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. there's been numerous times where I, I'll meet people here who's like, yeah, man, can I jump on a podcast with you? And then, like, after one day of texting, they just never respond to you again. And it's like, yo, what? Like, in New York, for the most part, not everybody's going to be on, a, on, a, on, on that type of time. But for the most part, I know if I need somebody reliable, Someone from New York is going to be there for me. So yeah. I always thought that was a, a, a negative drawback about LA. But what about you? In New York, I know obviously we talked a few times and some of your friends, uh, obviously, 
not really interested in the industry, so it's sometimes hard for them to commit. Um, yeah. But, well, well, you know, we did a podcast uh, talking about uh, the business of friendship. You can check that out on my channel. And I mean, yeah, I, I think you know what it is. You just cannot get into the business of friendships with people. And to me, I'm so jaded about a lot of different things in life that I really don't waste time. You know, to be honest with you, like I said, if I have something that I need to be done, somebody who I know for a fact doesn't do what I do or doesn't have any aspirations whatsoever, they don't come into my mind anymore. You know, like I said, it's really just if I, if, if I have, you know, a podcast idea or something like that, I hit you up or, you know, a photo shoot idea, I hit a mother boy up, you know, that's basically it. And I, I, I honestly, I prefer it that way. Because when, when, when you have to rely on like, like-minded individuals only, and those are the people that you're around most of the time, it helps you because you're the, the sum of the people that you associate with. So if you associate with four people that are on their shit, that do what you do, and they're headed somewhere positive, and you're doing the same, it's only going to boost you up. But you hang out with people that are fake, that are flaky, that don't do anything, why even waste time? Like, literally, why even waste time? My podcast originally was supposed to be four guys, including myself. The, the, the first two flaked. Flaked. So then it became a two-man idea, which, you know, life circumstances eventually made it, you know, one person. And then I frequently collaborate with you. So there's a benefit to people being like that because it forces you to have to adjust and seek out people that are going to be useful to your cause rather than, wasting time trying to get people on board right right man it's 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 one of those things where like and we talked about this on on your on your podcast which is available on youtube um about how people here's the problem i have people will might might be interested in you you know what i'm saying they might be you know interested in being friends collabing and then they'll go through with it but then they find out who you know now, all of a sudden, they want to be a best friend. They want to go everywhere you go on. They want to invite you everywhere. And it's one of those things where I've encountered this a few times where, you know, obviously, everybody think I'm little Yachty. That's, that's besides the point. <laughs> but when people find out some of the people I know in the industry, then they want to reach out to me. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, why, yeah. I have to, why, why you have to wait for me to, to do something with this person? Now, I, I mean, I could say his name, but I just choose not to. Uh, mm -hmm. You know who I'm talking about. But yeah, it's like, yo, man, like you can't even do my podcast until you find out who I know. Like that, that's, I just feel like, and this is not, I'm not trying to say LA is all negative. It's not, there's a lot of good things about it. The weather for sure. But I right. think if you want to move here and you're, a, I'm an extroverted guy, but I also have my inverted moments most yeah, of the time. Yeah, yeah. So I have no problem switching those two. But if you mm -hmm. move here and expect to be, you know, having tons of friends, Unless you live in a certain area and you you find those good people, a lot of times you're gonna be by yourself. I've lived there for a full year, and besides my coworkers and my the my roommates, like I can count on my fingers less than five people I know that I can hang out with. But in New York, I know when every time I'm going back is a big old party. I could have I could have all the fun in the world, and mm -hmm. it, and that's the part, man. I realized it's like over the pandemic when I went to New York, it was so much fun, like. Just walking down the street, seeing mad people outside, you know, the, the right. people busting open the fire hydrants and all that stuff. And then, like, coming mm -hmm. back here, 
it's a different shift. Like I'm stuck in the house all the time. Everybody that I try to connect with always flaking at the last minute. And it's like, yo, I, yo, that's the biggest drawback for me is like that, that culture of I'm only going to help you if you can help me get to where I need to be. And like, Whoa. yeah, man, it's, it's like that for me in my own hometown. And I've come to the point where, like I said, I'm so jaded. I'm, I'm fine with it because you can't bring everybody with you. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you just can't. So that's why I feel like if anybody's prepared for like, you know, a life of smoking mirrors, it's me just because of the fact that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm just used, I'm used to that because there's really just very, very few people, you know, creatively I can, you know, depend on or call on because anybody that I try to just, you know, include in my plays, like, you know, a basketball turn, you know, like when I, when I try to run a play, there, there are no show, you know, or, or they do some, like you seen, what was it? Was it game? Was it game one? It was uh, Cleveland versus Golden State. And then um, J.R. Smith, he didn't know, he didn't know the score. So then oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Out, instead of trying to shoot it or passing it to LeBron, I've had a lot of people that I thought were like, would be good for, for things like that, do that same type of shit. And then like me feeling like LeBron, where it's like, dude, you knew the play and you still screwed up anyway. Like you knew the game, you knew the score, you knew everything, but yet you just still screwed up. So right. I got to be like LeBron and leave. <laughs> per- yeah. Per- period. Yeah, it's one thing, and this is more for the entrepreneurs, the, the you know, the people who are pursuing a career in entertainment and stuff like that. You have to learn how to separate. Unfortunately, you have to learn to separate business from friendships. And this is why now I understand why certain celebrities they kind of leave their hometown and don't bring a lot of their friends and stuff with them. They don't because come back. You, yeah, you notice, like, the leeches of the, of the group. Like, there's some people in it that really help you succeed and want to work with you. And then there's some people who just end it for the thrill of, oh, maybe one day I get to be in the, in the starry lights and, you know, people want to take pictures of me. And, like, I've learned that the hard way. And, and you know, unfortunately for me, I've experienced that more added, that attitude more being in LA than I have in New York because like I said like in New York people don't care like yeah if you see like Chris Hemsworth walking down the street you might stop and try to get a picture but for the most part like Keanu Reeves is, is known to taking a taking a train the 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 Sprouse twins from Sweet Life Second Cody when they went to NYU they would always take the trains and like people didn't care they was like I gotta go to work I gotta do my thing yeah they got somewhere to go you know what I'm saying but like out here it's like Everybody feels like I need the only time I want to be friends with you is if you could give me better opportunities in life. And like, I just hate that attitude where it's like, yo, why we can't just be friends and collab? You know what I'm saying? Because one of the beautiful things about life is that a lot of people are freelancers, they love collabing. And, you know, I know someone like Kirby, you know, you're a good friend who's a photographer, he would thrive here because a lot of people want pictures for their Instagram and for their catalog. So that would be a good market. So, but it sucks, man. Like, see, I, I was gonna say that I feel like I'm the realest dude that I know. And before we, before the pandemic, before you know the podcast and everything, right? Every time you used to post something on Instagram, you didn't even have to ask me to share. It. Like I used to, sh- I used to share your Vignetta short film, right? Right. And then I used to put it on my story and then like tag your name in there. And I used to do that 
to the point where like people would know who you were because I po I would post you from time to time, which was pretty much every and you would post often, right? Right. How many people do you know do things like that without you even have, having to ask them to do that? Right. Yeah. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Like it the 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 like the subculture of being an actor, being a creative or an entrepreneur, it would be so much more, you know like better or beneficial for everybody, all parties involved, if people took after me. And it's not even me tooting my own horn, but that's just my mindset of trying to be like the friend or an asset that I would like to have. Right, so right. You give off the energy that you would like to, you know, receive in return. Because again, I used to tell you all the time, like, yo, when I see you making moves, it motivates me to do what I want to do even more. Because right. when you were doing that 2018, 2019, this year, I couldn't look to my own circle for that kind of inspiration. So I was looking at you like, all right, cool. You know, let me try to, you know what I mean? Like, let me get fired up. So every time you do that, let me show support. And then let me get on my, let me get on my grind. You know what I mean? Not everybody, not everybody's like that. And it's, it's very unfortunate. You know what I mean? Where like, I, it's like my expectations for people are like the bar, like sad to say is like very low yeah. where it's like, I don't even, I don't even really expect, friendship out of people like I, i'd even say that i don't have like a a friendship in mind when i meet somebody it's kind of like oh what's up man okay cool and then like that's that you know if if let's say you know where like i met you and you know things kind of you know worked out the way they worked out then great you know but more often than not it doesn't work out like that do you remember he was he was um he was the other guy he was the other the, the other black kid from she's gotta have it he was the kid with the beard yeah yeah okay so you remember we talked about boxing and you know the the boxing network the zone right right with canelo alvarez you know uh triple g all these guys are fighting on there yeah 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 so so just quick story because I, I don't want to say too much so last last year around this time i say september so like late august september i was i'm every time there's a boxing match i'm always in the comments and i'm always you know like debating boxing with people and that caught the attention of a, of a producer that works for the zone. So basically she hits me up and she says, Hey, you know, I basically want to shoot like a publicity stunt with you at triple G's gym to kind of use that as like a stimulus to get a certain fight to happen. So they were going to have me, you know, come to the, uh, come to one of the, what was, what was that shit called? one of it, like his gym to, to heckle him pretty much. And, oh, and, they were, okay. and they said, and they were like, oh, you know, can you have, what did she say? She said, can you have, uh, what, do you have one of your friends available? Now, mind you, this was going to be out in, in the city. So I was like, let me, let me hit up, let me hit up, uh, you know, an actor that, well, first I tried to, you know, have one of my friends do it. Obviously, you know, only my cousin was available or I could, I was only in contact with my cousin. So, but he had work. So I said, okay, what about any of my actor friends? Because she was looking for actors. So then I thought about you, but you had already moved to LA. Right. So then I hit up, you know, the dude, the other guy from the uh, She's Gotta Have It thing. And then he appreciated the fact that I even thought of him. Because yeah. any, other, any other person would have just tried to grab somebody that they know is not an actor or wouldn't have made, you know, enough of an impression. I don't think like that. You know, I think of you know, how can we boost each other up? Because I can't help but feel like it was like that back in the 90s where, you know, I listened to, you know, Sam Jackson interview and then he's saying how, you know, Lawrence Fishburne, 
Wesley Snipes, Spike Lee, Denzel, they all knew each other coming up. You know what I'm saying? Like, because they're all from, you know, the Northeast. They all knew each other. And it seemed from what I've heard from them, like Eric LaSalle, you know, all of them, that they used to boost each other up. So I said, well, let me try to just, you know, replicate that. And I said, hey, man, you know, anytime. Because mind you, if you were still out here, I would have just hit you up to do that. Right. Yeah, I mean, it goes without saying. I'm one of the most talented actors you know, you know. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but it, it's really because, you know, me, these days, it's like life. Or I, I say, you know, most of my 20s so far has forced me to really take a good look at somebody's character and give it time. Because right. You can't tell me that, oh, I'm a cool dude, or I got your back, or, you know, I want to see you succeed. You can't tell me that. Time will tell that. Situations will tell me that. So the fact that every time I've, you know, we've, we've collabed, you've come through. Even today, like, I had something that I wanted to do, and it was short notice, but, hey, you were free, boom, bam. Other people, it's like I would have to call them you know, multiple times, and then it would just never happen, and I would just have to scrap the idea because, you know, the idea would get old. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And it's very unfortunate that, you know, people like you and I are very, like, hard to come by. And I'm fine, like I said, because, you know, when you're a lone wolf or when you're, you know what I'm saying, like, a, you know, a Sigma, you by yourself, that's, that forces you to grow because you don't have that leg up. So you have to cultivate that strength within yourself to get up because there's not going to be anyone else there to, you know, to pick you up. I used to tag, I tag my boys in this thing where LeBron, I think, I think it was when he just started playing for the Lakers, I think, or maybe, I think this was, he was still in Cleveland. And then he said, and to me, I thought of this in terms of life in general. He said, yo, when, like, you know, when a, when a, when a basketball player, he falls down, he gets fouled, one of his teammates come up and then they help him up. Right. Right. So LeBron said, yo, when you fall down, stay down, your brother will come pick you up. No one, when I fall down, no one's there. So every time I fall down, I have to get up. I can't rely on somebody else to get me up, you know, because there's no one there. Right. You know what I mean? And that's why I, I feel like these times, like especially the pandemic and then like you really are to yourself, you're in the crib, you know, a lot. They just now open up the gyms. But I had all this time by myself. No one was there. I had to be motivated all by myself. And then like you, when we would have these talks and, you know, work on the podcast, do your podcast and just have, you know, just, just, just stay in touch with each other. It's just you, yeah. bro. And then, like, Kirby, and then maybe, like, one other person that, honestly, I can't even think of, which probably doesn't exist. <laughs> right. Man, look, it, it's crazy. I've realized, like, it's unfortunate, but some of the biggest supporters and people that will help you out, unless you're into, like, music, are usually people who aren't pursuing a career in the business. Like, there's only a few cases where when I did Jubilee, for instance, that was one of my, my biggest achievements this year was working with them. And I, there was a, one of the ladies uh, that I did the show with. Um, she has constantly been a big supporter of me. And she's, she's been doing this for, for like 30 years, give or take. And she, she was an older woman. Uh, but like there was times where like she would hit me up and say, hey, you know, there's a casting director who's looking for uh, someone that fits your type. And I, I passed him my, I passed him your information. So if he's interested, he could reach out to you. And just mm -hmm. that thought, like I haven't encountered that anywhere in LA, like people, a lot of actors and people who are trying to pursue that entertainment career 
a lot of times they're not really trying to help you out. They're just trying to get no. ahead of you. And it's sad that, like, you know, for someone like me, I'm a very given guy. You know what I'm saying? We from New York. So you, yeah. you see that work ethic, like, I'm all about helping you. You know what I'm saying? If yeah. I knew, if I know opportunity that I can't do, especially, or just, you know, something I feel like I'm not right for, uh, I'll say, yo, man, you, you interested? I can pass you on to this person. And I've done that a few times. Yeah. But it seems like unless you're doing rapping or singing or you're in the music industry here in LA, most people ain't trying to help you out. You kind of have to leave your, you know, you leave it up to yourself. And that's the beauty of it. And that's why I want to over, overgeneralize LA. But I think moving here has helped me become a better person myself and become a businessman because yeah. I don't know if I would have moved here if I would have this podcast, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I also know that unfortunately, since I started it, that I have not had one person in LA who's hit me up or I reached out to join the podcast actually come through with it. There's always been people from New York, you, my buddy Don, you know, people who's been following this journey so far have recognized the, you know, the, the recurring guests because every time I want to record something, people are unavailable. Oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. Yeah. Well, you see them on Instagram doing something, you know, it, it's just like, it and, is what it is. Yeah, gotta, man. It is what it is. And what's funny, the same thing happened to me when I when I first started, you know, um, you know, planning my podcast and really trying to get it started. They would flake all the time, like, all right, you know, let's do it. 9 p.m. 9 p.m. comes around, no show. Then I wake up at eight o'clock in the morning, and then these guys are sending me these super emotional texts, like paragraph texts, like, oh, I'm so sorry, man. I'm like, yo, don't send me no super emotional texts, bruh. Like you can just say, hey. My bad, I missed it. You know, I, I'll be there for the next one or something. But don't send me no long, long paragraph, you know, like, like, you know what I mean? Like we're in a relationship or something like that. And then flop again anyway. Like I just, I cannot rely on that. And you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, right. we, we just can't. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm just not going to waste time. Because if it's like, hey, if I can't, you know, do it with you, I'll just do it myself. You know, if, if you can't rely on other people, you got to get it done. Because other people, they won't care if you will never do your podcast. So, like, let's say that one person that flopped on you, they won't care if you don't do it. They don't care. They'll be like, oh, you know, bro, I, I never did the podcast. They'll be like, oh, damn, that's wild. <laughs> that's all yeah. they're going to say to you. That is all they're going to say. Like, it, it's a it's a dog-eat-dog world out here. Don't nobody care but you. If you don't do it, nobody else is going to do it. I'm actually, calling, I'm actually calling Soldier Boy with that. <laughs> that's a fact. <laughs> that's a fact. That's a yeah. fact. Yeah, man, it's, you know, the crazy part is, like, I remember when I first started this podcast, like, a couple months ago, like, I was like, you know what, I really want to take this idea, and I, I love giving back, you know what I'm saying, even when I break into the business and I become a, you know, a Hollywood name, I'm still going to invite people who aren't famous or anything, because I realized, like, I think that's the problem uh, with our society is that a lot of people ain't trying to help you build, they just want to build themselves up. And so when I first started this podcast, I was inviting a lot of people. Yo, man, I know you had this idea or, you know, you, you have this perspective that you want to share. Yo, let me bring you on a show. And like people, nah, I can't do it. And I try to reschedule them. Nah, I can't make it. I'm like, All right, cool. And then when I did the one, uh, then when I did the, the podcast with my, I, I'll break it to you, my, you know, my buddy, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Netflix star, Odie. When I did that one, that's when everybody's, oh, man, yo, can I go on the show, man? I would love to, to work with you and meet him. And it's like, Get out of here. yo, yo why, why I had to do a podcast with him for, the, for you to finally reach out to me? And, Get out of here. And, and unfortunately, 
and I said this earlier, but like if you're in this business, whether you're an actor or model or something, sometimes you have to learn how to separate business from friends. Like there's some people I'm good friends with, but I never know. I'll know. I'll know that I can never invite them on the show because they won't be reliable. And it's unfortunate because you want to help them, but you know, you can't bring certain people along. And now that I'm starting to experience that, that growth in my career where it's like, okay, I can, you know, start inviting people and, you know, start building my stuff up. Unfortunately, some people have to get left behind and now I understand why the Jay-Z's of the world and, you know, you know, other people kind of forget about, I won't say forget. They, they just realize they can't bring up everybody that they want to because it is what it be. That's yeah. Not, that's one thing I always say. It is what it be sometimes. And, and Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. Like I'm, I'm absolutely fine with that. Right, man. It's, I, it, I do not care, man. It's like, you know, people, if are you, ruthless. people are ruthless. They don't care. And then the thing is people will, you know, to quote, uh, you know, the last podcast, people will support you not doing anything. Like I can't, like, I just can't help but remember what, you know, Kirby said, people will support you not doing anything with yourself or doing what they're comfortable with you doing, which is nothing or less than what they're doing. And I will never understand that. But unfortunately, that is human nature. That is life. And then, you know, like a boxing ring, what are you going to do? If it's not, things aren't going your way in the ring, you got to adjust, make an adjustment. That's it. And, you know, I made that adjustment a while ago. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, you have to, especially this business. I mean, it, it's a hard business to maneuver and, uh, you know, you have to, and I get it why some people can't, you know, end up flaking. Cause like, I know for me now, especially now that I have an agent, I never know when I'm getting audition. Like last night I was sleeping. And I woke up and I got a notification. I had to do I had to do a, a self tape audition by by midnight, right. and so I was able to do it. So I understand why people do that, but it's like, yo, it's I don't even want to make this just an LA thing, but it's just in LA for some reason. It's just that that flaky culture that just like oh, it's it's brutal, man. And I see why a lot of people want to leave, and a lot of YouTubers, for instance, some people that I I you know. I found and I watched over the pandemic. A lot of them moved. A lot of them don't like the culture. And, you know, these are people that make money off of YouTube and yeah. collaborate, you know, having people on their show to, you know, make the, the videos that they do. But a lot of them move because they don't like that toxic culture where I know there was one girl I was watching. She has like 2 million uh, subscribers and her, her videos get millions of views for each of them. So she mm -hmm. makes good money and she had to move into New York. But one of the things she said was like, she started realizing that once her YouTube started blowing up, that's when those people that she always tried to reach out to in the beginning stages started reaching out to her. And then that some of- That's why you change your telephone number. Yeah. And some of, some of her friends became more interested in being in her videos than being her friend. Change and your telephone like, number. Just change your telephone number, move, and then become inaccessible. What other celebrities do? Because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of. I'm pretty sure people that Will Smith grew up with once he started, once he became the Fresh Prince, they didn't know how to get in contact with him. It's the same principle. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like I, me personally, I have I have no issue with changing my telephone number because again, that list of people, you know, 
when I make something of myself, that list of people is really, really short. Like it's not a long list of people at all. It was lonely at the, it was lonely at the bottom. So yeah. it'll, be lo- it'll be lonely at the top. That's okay because it was lonely down here. <laughs> yeah, man. One, one, another thing I wanted to mention, um, and this is not a big thing for me, but if you're into politics, I've noticed LA is a t- predominantly Democrat, um, uh, you know, culture. And I remember I had this conversation with my, my buddy's dad, uh, Don. Uh, he, he's been on the show. And before I moved there, I've always been a troll. Obviously, some of my episodes, I've, I've trolled politics, stuff like that. But mm. one thing he told me was like, when you go out there, you have to change some of the things that you talk about. And it's mostly politics because I noticed if anybody, like if I make a joke that, oh, I support Trump and stuff like that, like people turn on you instantly and this is not even just hollywood this is just like the negative toxic culture i remember i got in an argument with this girl um on on, on facebook which mm-hmm. everybody know if you want to get in arguments and, and troll people you gotta go to facebook or twitter but the, it was it was like a housing post it, was, it wasn't even anything significant but this dude um he mentioned that he wanted to move to la he lived in like san francisco but he was a republican and like the comments were ruthless. Like he didn't even mention whether he supports the wall or anything. He just said, I'm a Trump supporter. Right. And like these comments are ruthless. It was like, don't move to LA. We hate Republicans because you're all racist and homophobic and transphobic. And right. I'm like, yo, what? Like, I don't even know the dude. And y'all attacking him like this. And I got an argument with a girl. And it's like, yo, like why? Like, you don't even know this guy's character. He could be the nicest dude in the world. Like, some of, my, some of my friends from, especially Long Island, they're Republicans, but they're the nicest people in the world. Like, my buddy Don, his family welcomed me into their family with open arms. I used to go to their family barbecues and, and meet and greets, and they sent me mm-hmm. presents for Christmas stuff. And they Trump supporters, and I'm a black dude. And that's mm-hmm. not an issue. But it seems like here, for some reason, like, the moment you say anything regarding Trump or being a Republican, like, people want to chop your head off and then... It's like, yo, like, what's the open mindedness at? You know what I'm saying? Well, well, the, I mean, this is the thing, and you know, society these days doesn't doesn't encourage free thought or free thinkers. You know, we live in a conformist society where everybody conforms to collective thought. So therefore, you'll notice that a lot of celebrities, like, yeah, they'll they'll imply who they're voting for, but most of them, they're not out there really, you know, talking about their political views like that you know what i'm saying like do you know what who uh i don't know i don't know i I can't think of celebrity but you get what i'm saying like there's not the majority of celebrities they're not very open about their political views and who they're actually going to vote for now obviously these days a lot the majority of them that are vocal about it are really anti-trump but the only celebrity that i could think of he's not really a celebrity but he's a boxer is adrian broner he was on the he was on the Breakfast Club like two years ago, and he was saying that oh I'm voting Trump because Trump is good for he's he's for the rich people, he's the only one, and that's because he don't care. You know what I mean? Now, obviously, people don't really give a crap about what Adrian Broner thinks politically, but you get what I'm saying. Right, a lot of right. people can just come out and say oh you know Biden Kamala Harris, and then freaking go to the ballot and vote Trump because Trump you know tax cuts and you know whatever benefits them. So and most and most people who who are you know, political, well, I don't say political figures, but public figures who are entertainers, actors, 
in my opinion, and I know this to be true, I feel like I'm quoting Wesley Snipes, but I'm, I don't know who this was. But anyway, somebody did say that not everything has to be on Front Street, and that goes quadruple for famous people. Because a lot of things that like you and I can just say, no one cares because no one really cares about us anyway. No one knows who we are. You whoa, know, whoa, speak for yourself, homie. Well, there's there's no, very little consequences. <laughs> there's very little consequences to the things that you and I say because again, we're not public figures. You know, obviously we, we could have people that you know we know that might that may be less appreciative to our views, but let's say when you're famous those same views that you may have had when you weren't famous are going to be under a magnifying glass and you're going to be scrutinized and scorned for views that everybody else has, but they don't like you having it because you're famous. People know you, you're supposed to think like everybody else. Right. The thing is, I don't think I can care less to think about everybody. And there's that little pressure too. You know, we talked about that where most people will want you to be, to, 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 to work a nine to five. So there's still that pressure to be like everybody else, which I, I can't stand that, but that's really where it comes from. Man, man, speak for yourself. My People know my feed pictures. You know, I'm a celebrity on OnlyFans. Guy, you know what I'm saying? This, this guy, if he, <laughs> let me tell you, I, <laughs> this might have been like the third time we collab and he's mentioned feed pictures. I mean, I don't hey, know. Hey, man, I got to pay bills, man. Life ain't, you know. Got, hey, we, nah. we talked about this. Like I said, you got bills to pay. Do what you got to do. Nah, Lusta. <laughs> Speaking of words, my OnlyFans is gonna be linked in the description. Not because I don't have one, but no. <laughs> but anyway, you know, you mentioned celebrity, so I want to get into the juicy stuff. This is, we we actually just recorded something for your podcast about this. Marcus Houston, baby. If you don't know Marcus Houston, let me give you a little backstory. Uh, he was in B two. Roger. He was uh yeah he was uh sister sister Roger. Uh, he's also known for You Got Serve, which is a, a childhood classic. So if you haven't watched You Got Serve, something's wrong with you. But he mainly, he, uh, he uh, just made the news. Apparently, people are getting upset with him they are marrying a 19-year-old girl. And Marcus Houston is roughly 37, 38. So I want to get your opinions on that. And I know we, we talked about it in your podcast, but I want to get, I want to give you, I want you to open up your your two cents about it. What do you think? Is that a problem? Do you think he should be on a stake like R. Kelly? Okay. Now I don't I don't think if I was 39 years old, which I didn't even know Marcus Houston was 39 years old. Black don't crack. So clearly he looks like he he just turned 30, but yeah. he's 39 years old. But anyway, me in the future at 39 years old of age, I am not going to be seeking out 18 or 19 year old girls now because i'd like i'd prefer a Nia long or a sherry headley or you know a carrie hilson or you know what i'm saying you know one one of those but i will say that if you are going to judge marcus houston's taste for younger women please do the same thing for leonardo dicaprio and other public figures like him who, if you go on who dated, who's dated who.com, you could look at celebrities and who, like their romantic history and how old they were at the start of that particular relationship. The majority of the women that he has dated are 18 and 19 years old. And no one has ever said anything about him. So if you're gonna, if you're gonna come after the black guy, I, you know, this, I, I can make this about race because you look at everything that's going on, 
I'm, I have license to make this about race. If you're gonna, if you're gonna get on the black man's case, get on the white guy for doing the same freaking thing. Right, man. Look, it's. I watched an interview with Michael B. Jordan, and one of the things he's always gets criticized is apparently people see pictures of him. TMZ takes pictures of him on boats with white women, and people always complain about it. And it's like, yo, it's a double standard. And I hate to make this about race, but I remember when Serena Williams, when she married her current husband, who is white, people was like, yes, go get your money, queen. Go do what you got to do. Yeah, right. And then, like, when Michael B. Jordan see you in a white girl, he's a sellout. He's a coon. He's all this Yeah, and that. I, you know, and, and, and I, I, take, I take twice his issue with, and this might just be my controversial opinion, but then again, I've said this to black women to their face that I will never like a, when a black woman dates a white guy. I will never like that. Unless maybe I know that white guy personally. But aside from that, I, I don't support that. Black men, yeah, we can have their women. Sure. We can hold on, hold on. I know. All right. So let me, let me ask you, cause I know people are probably going to listen to that and be like, word. So why do you feel that way? I just don't like it. The, the same reason why people don't like Doja Cat. Like, all right. Okay. So you know about Doja Cat. She was in, she was in some racist freaking deep, dark web internet. I didn't even know they had those things with the chat room with like racist white guys with like Confederate flags in the background, like nigga boy. And then she's like showing her feet and her, her fat ass forehead, and then like denouncing her, 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 her blackness to them. To me, it's kind of like you're really doing the same thing. In my opinion, I, I just don't like it. That's just my personal views, my personal preference. There's nothing that anybody can ever say in life to make me support that, me personally. I'm, I like white women, sure, but I'm really probably gonna spend the rest of my life with a black woman if I had my choice, so. You know, I'm not a hypocrite either. So a, white, a black woman can't listen to this and say, oh, well, you're, you're going to, you date white women. Actually, no, I don't. <laughs> I actually have it in my lifetime. I would, but I have not. But if you're a black woman, you're listening to this and you want to date, you know, uh, an Al Gore looking dude or Donald Trump's son looking dude or some machine gun Kelly looking guy, you, you're, 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 you're reenacting Django, in my opinion. Right. Reenacting Django. You feel me? This isn't 12 years of slave. Go get, go get a black guy. You know what I'm saying? I, that's right. just my opinion. <laughs> that's right. just my opinion. Ra- I'd, I'd, be, I'd rather be radical than to be a nonchalant drone that has the same opinion as everybody else. Right. Look, I, I guess... I I'll watch Django if I want to see that. <laughs> I'll watch okay. Django if I want to see that shit. Nope. Sorry. Except, Look, except what's his name? Except for... See, the exception... And this is only in the movie. The exception would be John Turturro in Jungle Fever when he dates uh, a black woman, the black woman that comes to his store every day after, um, damn, Annabella Shiora cheats on him with Wesley Snipes. That's the only exception. I looked at that and I said, you know what? His character's an all right guy. That's okay. So there are some exceptions. But for the majority, no. Yeah, it's, look, I, I personally... Like I said, I'm in the middle ground, so I know people might look at this and be like, "Oh, you know, he he hates white people and stuff like that." I'm not gonna I get don't. all that. I don't. <laughs> but I, for- I do not. I just have my and 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 to say that these days that that doesn't come into other people's minds is an absolute farce because it's true. There, yeah. if if I was in a in a in a serious relationship with a, a white woman, there would be that apprehension if whether or not her family would accept me or not because I'm black. Especially 
in 2020. You seen yeah. Get Out. You seen Get Out. Like, I mean, oh, okay, you want watch Get Out and then, and then come try to talk to me. Watch Get Out. Watch Get Out a couple of times. Don't just watch it once. Watch it, may I say, twice, two to three times. And then really not even where shit hits the fan, but like the first part. Because all of that, art imitates life. Where do you think that they get these things from? And I think Jordan Peele is married to a white woman. And he wrote that movie. So does he hate white people too? No. Right. I, so I guess- exactly. I have, I have a rebuttal to every single thing that somebody could say to me about that. Because that, then that, right, right or wrong, yeah, Jordan Peele, he wrote Get Out. Didn't, so, so, so does that mean he, he hates white people? No, it don't mean that. See, this is why, I, I like this because it's getting controversial. This is my stuff. But for me personally. I'm a controversial guy. <laughs> yeah. Anybody, I am, and I'm, I don't have a filter. See, I personally, and this goes back to Marcus Houston. I don't care because one, it's not my life. Two, yeah, I yeah. like the diversity. I don't mind, like, I have no problem with it. My problem is the the double standard that go with it. You know what I'm saying? There's mm-hmm. plenty, there's plenty of cases of, you know, black women dating, you know, white guys. And, you know, I'm talking about celebrities because these are the people that, you know, people care about the most. Right. But then when you see someone like Morris Chestnut or you'll see another black actor or rapper dating a white girl, you know, it, oh, he's a, he's a sellout. You know, he's not for the black people and, and this and that. And that's my only issue is like, why do we pick and choose which one is right and wrong? You know what I'm saying? I think if right. you're going to say it's a right for black women to date white guys, then, hey, if black guys want to date white people, that's that's completely fine with me. And, and not to get off topic, but mm-hmm. for Marcus Houston, for instance, my problem is this. And I don't want to make this too much of a race thing for me, but right. I noticed Quicksilver from X-Men, I, and I, I told you about this, but for people who don't know, his name is Aaron Johnson. He married his wife. He was about, if I'm not mistaken, he was around 23, mm-hmm. and she was about 47 when they got married. And this mm-hmm. was like years ago. But there was no outrage about this. This was like, all right, you know what? He likes older women. That's fine. Go do what you got to do. And she's twice his age. Right. But Marcus Houston, and maybe it's probably because she's close to the illegal age. That could be the case. But why is it a problem for him to marry a 19-year-old girl? If she, if she wants to marry him and that's her thing, so be it. Because I knew growing up, especially in New York, a lot of girls like older men because they have job security. They got money. And, right. you know, that's what they, they want. Some, some people want that security, and that's fine. But why drag him through the mud about this? Like, as long as he's not doing R. Kelly's and slipping drinks, uh, slipping pills and people's drinks like Bill Cosby. Right. Hey, man, if if that if he likes young women and she's all into it, by me, she's a consenting adult. It's 2020. Feminists say women should have their equal rights and they, they have their, you know, they should have their own say in life. And, and I completely agree. But why are people dragging her and him for this? You know what I'm saying? She's yeah. consent an adult. She can make her own decisions. And it seems like because she made her decision to be with an older guy, oh, he's a pedophile. She's, she's, a, she's a gold digger. And it's like, what? I don't get the problem. I personally just don't understand why this is blowing up on TMZ. I get, yeah, he's married now. We haven't heard from Marcus Houston in a while. Right. But, like, it's all been, like, <laughs> the derogatory stuff. It hasn't been anything supportive. 
And I get her backstory. Apparently, she ran away when she was like 13 or 14. Yeah. And whatever. Hey, that's not my place to judge. But look, she's consenting. She said yes. He proposed. They got married. End of story. I don't get why people causing an outrage. You know what I'm saying? I think there's more important things to talk about. You know, we get these people. Yeah, there's people getting shot up in the street for doing nothing. You got police brutality. But, you know, people spent taking, you know, hours out of the day to complain about Marcus Houston marrying a 19-year-old girl. It's like, my God, like, can we get back on subject here? Can we go back to the protests and stuff like that? Like, that's just, that's my problem with this whole thing. It's just like, you know, and I know Tiger was a recent example, him and Kylie uh, Kylie Jenner. Mm -hmm. Tiger, I'm not going to judge him, but I did hear, especially from, you know, the Kardashian side, it was that he met her when she was like 15 to 16 and yeah, then he waited. Was red-shirting her. And uh, whether that's right or wrong, I'm not going to say it is or I'm not because, you know, it is, hey, but he didn't do anything with her until she turned 18. And he was like, what, 25? So look, some girls are just into that. And he waited, he waited till she was legal for her to make her own decision. And so be it. I just don't understand why there's such a double standard with, with this. It's like, you know, if a young girl wants to date an older guy, they say, go get your money. But when a guy wants to date a younger girl, you know, it's, it's a problem. It's and, and you know what the crazy part is? I didn't, we didn't grow up in the Hugh Hefner area, uh, era. But I knew in, like, middle school, I, in my high school, I knew about this dude. He was, like, 80 years old. He, he was a playboy. And this dude was having girls 20. I'm sure some of them were like 19. And, you know, just a bunch of no younger women in that. his house. And nobody young. complained. Yeah. And it's like nobody complaining about that. People look at I'm like, yo. And, and man. I'm, I honestly, like, because you just, you know what I mean? Like, it's just what it is. You, I, I, there's no other explanation other than it's like sexist and like you know a bit not racist isn't the right word but you get what i'm saying like it's just they get a pass and then you know we don't for whatever reason yeah man it's um yeah because look, look at look at samuel jackson i bet you people say he he's nasty you know for for doing for for if he were to do the same thing but mind you he's been with his wife for like 45 years denzel washington you know he had an interview where he said, I would never leave my wife. Like if, if we ever got a divorce, it'd be because she left me. And then they've been together for probably just as long as Sam's been with, you know, his wife. Right. You know what I mean? Like the only time I feel like people haven't really said anything about that is because Margot Robbie, when she did focus, you know, her and Will Smith were rumored to have a little thing. And she was actually pretty young back in 2012, 2013, whenever it was that they, that they shot them. I forgot when that movie came out. I think it, yeah, around that, like I said, 20, 2012, 2013. And, um, you know, people didn't say anything about that, but, you know, obviously because Wilson was married. So that was just, you know, conjecture and, you know, you know, I mean, rumors and all that stuff. But it's not fair, but like I said, it, it is what it be sometimes. You just got, you just got to shug it off. Right, man. It might not be, it might be, uh, you know, there's problems with it, but I think we have a little entanglement on our hands. Wink, wink. I wasn't going to talk about it, but since you mentioned Will Smith, I actually want to address that. Like, okay. what do you think about that whole thing with him and Jada Smith and August Asina? Um, 
I actually do have another podcast that you can talk that you can actually check that out uh, on YouTube. Hold and, on, you be- uh, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. You believe this guy? He's plugging this stuff on my pack. Like, what is this? No, I'm joking. Yeah, just put it on my tab. Put it on my tab. <laughs> Five thousand uh, dollars, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. Put it on my tab. Uh, <laughs> but you know, for me, I think it really. First of all, that whole thing happened years ago. That happened. We're talking about 2016. This happened. So that's four years ago. All right. And they were past it. The only reason why this was news was because August Alcina said that and people were already had their eyes on Will and Jada's, you know, relationship. So people couldn't wait to get any bit of ammunition that they can get on them to take that and run with it. My thing is, Hey, they got past it already. That whole red table talk obviously was just for them to address it. Do I think Ada Pinkett Smith is, you know, out of pocket? Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Obviously me, I'm Mr. Will Smith. You watch any of my videos, my podcast, you see, I got a Will Smith post on the back. No Will Smith, to- no Will Smith slander will be tolerated here. At the end of the day, I think August Alcina is whack. I think he's an idiot. I think, you know, the dude kisses and tells because regardless if you're in, in that situation anyway, you're not supposed to tell anybody. All right, you and, and Jada, y'all had a little entanglement. That's what she called it, okay? They, were, they had a relationship, which is what Will Smith told her to say, which is true. They had a relationship while Will Smith was out doing his thing. That's, people got to realize that. Will Smith is Will freaking Smith. He was doing his thing too. And then he told at the end, he's like, hey, I'm, I'm going to get you back for that. Look on Jada Pinkins, um Instagram. She ain't been on there since. She hasn't been on social media since then. So she's on ice. All right? This wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for punk ass August August Alcina. And then the thing is, the only reason why this even really happened in the first place was because Jaden Smith introduced August to them. Because Jaden Smith is a rapper. He's a pretty good rapper. I like him. And, you know, obviously you in the industry, you meet people and stuff like that. And then he brought him home to them. So, really, I blame Jaden because you should have known before you brought them home, brought him home to them. Right, right. I mean, look, August Osina, I get it. Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah, I know people were dogging him. They calling him Sims, and I know that a lot of news. They actually win. I didn't see that. People didn't, the only thing, the worst thing that I, I seen people say about him was the fact that, oh, he was in love with Jada. I mean, like, I personally don't find Jada Pinkett Smith sexually attractive at all, only because I just have so much respect for Will Smith that I can't even, she's just completely desexualized. Like I don't find Janet Jackson's like attractive because I like Michael Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Freaking. But let's say if, I don't know, Nia Long has a, has a, you know, break with her and her husband. I'm famous. I get with her and we have our thing for a few years. And unfortunately, if it ran its course, like if, 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 if Nia Long left me, you know who Nia Long is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. She's bad. Mama. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's freaking gorgeous. I'd be heartbroken too. If, if we had our thing and then like she went back home to him, yeah, I'd be upset. But that was my thing that I had with Nia Long. I'm not going to Angela Yee sitting on her couch to say, yeah, I, you know, I had a thing with Nia Long. I mean, nobody would know unless like freaking – if I didn't say anything, you, if I had an entanglement with Nia Long, I would never say anything. Nobody would know because all that, all that's going to do. If I say something, I just burn the bridge. Right. Because if she leaves her husband and then like, we have a good thing together. 
hey, that hey, it's a revolving door. So then the opportunity is still there. So he pretty much ruined it for if you really were in love with her, you ruined it for yourself. You wouldn't catch me doing that. No way. Yeah, man. I think all right. I'll get the Yeah. Uh, well, you know, let's keep this PGI. Right? Let's keep our parents up here. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what are you but, feet pictures? How many? How many feet pictures you talked about? You want to talk about keeping your pants on? Get out of here, bro! Hey man, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, part, I'm a comedian that sits down, so uh, I can do that. I could, I could. <laughs> but look, here's the thing. I think the problem wasn't so much that situation. I think a lot of people's problem with it was that people felt like if it was Will Smith that stepped out, oh my Woo! god, it would have been over. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Over. And I already know that probably would have been the case because people were like, yeah, you know, they was on a breakup. She could have done whatever she want. But when Will Smith said, I'm going to get you back, people, oh, he a dog. Women are, uh, men are trash. And why he got to do that? I didn't see that. Oh, no. You, if you, if you go in the comments for the, the Red Talk, you'll, you'll see that. And like, we already know, like, a lot of people has always speculated that they've been swingers. I'm not going to get into all that because right, right, I right. don't care about. Yeah, other people's relationships, but I think, I think August Alcina shouldn't have said anything, and he did a song about it with Rick Ross. I, I think it was Pretty. calling it. I think it was yeah, called, it was called entanglements. Asshole. He's he's the biggest asshole. August Alcina is an asshole. And then first of all, why is your first name August? You weren't even born in August. You were born in September. Get out of here. Like, like, to me, he's the biggest cornball. And then on top of it, I think when he was sitting there, he had, like, orange, purple, and yellow hair. And you're black with glasses on. Come on, man. Hey, he's a musician. Look at Chris that, Brown. That's, 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 not, that's not an excuse. That's not an excuse. <laughs> the guy 6'9 is a quote-unquote – he's not a musician. He's a rapper. And freaking dude has rainbow hair. And then he's the biggest troll ever. Because if, if, if it's my assumption, you got all that money in the bank, find another one. You didn't have to go out there. You know what I'm saying? Okay, real quick. Look at Chris Brown. Him and Karuche broke up, right? Yeah. Look at his look at look at his look at his baby mama right now. She looked just like Karuche. She looked yeah. just like her. You can find another one that looked just like her. Cause you're you're rich, you're famous, you can afford that. So what you know what I mean? Why do you care? You know, get over it. Now again, but then again, he to, to him, Jada Pinkett Smith might might be near long to me. So if that's the case, and if he looks at her like that, then he'll get maybe a half percentage leeway. Not even a percent, a half percentage, because I can understand that much. But other than that, the other 99.9%, you're an asshole. I think it could have been, you know, he fell in love. You know what I'm saying? Everybody looking for that half percentage. Yeah, yo, I, I just, I, I can't stress how much I love Nia Long. You know what? I'm probably going to like you know, clip this and post this on <laughs> on YouTube and then like have Nia Long tagged on there and then maybe that one day she might just happen to be in that section of YouTube and she happens to come across this video and then, hey, Nia Long, you listen to highlight your boy. But if I had an entanglement with Nia goddamn Long and then she's probably around the same age as Jada Pinkett Smith, I would fall in love too and I probably would never get over it. No, little, even little if I did note. replace her, even if I did replace her, I wouldn't get over it. Little sign note, I don't know this dude I don't. He's a stalker, maybe. I don't know. I I don't want no attachment. Keep listening. I don't know this dude. He just jumped on the show. Uh, but hey, brother. Hey, brother. I'm controversial too. God damn it. I don't know, man. You kind of borderline stalking for some of these. No, it ain't listeners. stalking. Do you know what Neil Long looks like? 
And so is J is J Cole is J Cole a stalker because he said his only regret was being too young for Nia Long? Damn, because she's just that bad. There ain't no goddamn stalker, bruh. My my so, sponsor, my sponsors hit me up right now talking about they don't want to sponsor me no more. Good riddance, man. Good riddance. <laughs> <laughs> nah, let me stop. Man, you know what I'm saying? Nah, it's. I mean, you know what, man? I know it's that give or take. A- it's 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 give and take. But at, but at the end of the day, like I said, the only rationale is if he really fell in love with her and he couldn't get over, it, and that was his way of getting back at her for going back to Will. At the end of the day, he's Will Smith. You're just August Alcina. You're not even that. He did it for album sales because he had an album coming out. It wasn't even that. I forgot. He wasn't in love. He just needed. He just needed a buzz. He just needed. He needed publicity. And when you're a public figure, sometimes, you know, bad publicity is still good publicity. So, you know what I mean? I don't know what his sales figures was looking like. I mean, I don't care. But, you know what I mean? That's oh, why he did it. I forgot. I mean, yeah, it could be because I, I know, I mean, I, I'll be lying if I said August Cena is my favorite musician of all time. But I have looked at his, when he did that video, uh, that song with Rick Ross, the Entanglement uh, song. When I looked at the views to that compared to his other songs, it could be just I need I need something to get my promote my album. And yeah, that's, that's what it was. Because well, that's what it was. Man, look, all I know is people need to learn how to mind their business and keep their mouth shut. That's all. Yeah, that's what I said. Because oh, and that's another thing. Everything that Will and Jada in August went through. Everybody who's been in a long-ass term relationship, there has been a point where you and your girl, you and your man, y'all broke up and you were seeing other people then got back together. That's all it was. You know, the difference is they're just famous. And that issue was just put on front street. You and I, fortunately, we had the luxury of having our issues with our girls and then them not being on front street. Wait, did you just assume I'm straight? No, what, what's, what's with this guy, man? I, I, what's with this guy, man? Anyway, like I said, you know what I mean? Like, hey, that happens to everybody. So when people are laughing at Will Smith, like, oh, he he's a simp and all that, I'm like, clearly you didn't get it. And then they don't, as they said, they don't have what's known as like a traditional marriage, you know, whatever it is to them. That's their life. Because to me, it has nothing to do with their work and their contribution to society, which is their creative work, really namely Will Smith's, you know, work, because he's really the main one doing a lot of movies right now. You know what I'm saying? Right. Same thing. People get caught up in, in the nonsense that they forget, like, Will Smith, to me, I don't know about you, but to me, he's like one of the best actors ever and really one of the most successful ones, because he's the one who really made that transition from being an artist first Grammy, by the way, first rapper to ever receive a Grammy to becoming one of the most successful box office actors ever. Right. Let's focus on that and, and let's not give a shit about people's, you know, personal life because again, it doesn't, it, it, it's just a hot topic for people to talk about on Twitter, which Will Smith said that. I don't know if you've seen that on the Red Table Talk where he was like, oh, black Twitter. I was like, man, don't worry, don't worry about coon Twitter because the only people who are talking about Will Smith were the coons on Twitter because last week everybody loved Will. Oh, then this thing happened and everybody's laughing at him like Lil Boozy, and 50 Cent, let me get out of here. Man, it just goes to show people will complain about everything. And that's my end of this podcast, man. It's been good. I want to bore the people 
You know what I'm saying? Let the people know where your podcast is, just, just to refresh them. Uh, the MDJ podcast can be found on YouTube. Uh, the fastest way to find that is to go to my Instagram at Dimitri Deuce JR and then go to the link in the bio and the YouTube link is right there. That's the easiest way to find the MDJ podcast or go to Instagram.com slash MDJ podcast and then you can actually get the direct link to my YouTube page from there. And man, yeah, go check it out. We we've been doing some really good uh, uh podcasts on there, man. It's been it's been a good journey so far. This pandemic, I gotta say, just to put it out there, anybody who's complaining about this pandemic, stuck at home, being unemployed, being bored, go out and do something because you know what? This pandemic has allowed a lot of people, especially like myself, to go out and create a new opportunity for yourself. So you know, get creative, man. Me, me and Dimitri has been doing our podcast. I, how long have you been doing yours for? Uh, I'd say the beginning of summer. So I'd say since since June. But I started my YouTube channel back in March. So that's what I'm saying. I started my podcast in like June, and right now I'm probably on the par of uh, Joe Rogan. You know, some people think I'm DJ Vlad. You know, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. But yeah, man, this. This is he a Oreo. He a Oreo, man. <laughs> uh, he definitely, he definitely is. You know, I, I shout out to him. You know, he's another dude I respect. His oh DJ Vlad. Yeah, I don't mind him. I know people think he works with the feds, but I think it's not even that he works for the feds. I just think DJ Vlad has asshole moments. He do, but that's just his way. I mean, anybody who does some type of hosting or do yeah, yeah, of, yeah, because people you might have think to. About me. <laughs> you kind of have to bring the controversial, which is I would not like doing, not just because of the views, but I think, and I, I said this, especially in my early stages, I like this controversial angle because it allows people to get an idea of different ideas and perspectives and, right, yeah. and, I, and I act like as the middle ground. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm, on that note, go check out my OnlyFans, my feet pictures are for sale. $100 per photo. Uh, At this point, he mentions feet pictures so much that I don't even think he's lying. <laughs> nah, I don't even think he's a joke anymore. Hey, Dude, man, this, there's a market for that. There's a market for that. You never know, man. It's nah. it's twenty. It's 2020. Look at how this year's gone, bro. The playoffs. <laughs> what? They oh, – well, yeah, yeah. Basically, NBA is, is, is out of whack. Black people getting shot. Freaking coronavirus, bruh. This this year is crazy, so man. and a few pictures nothing selling like hotcakes, so you know nothing surprises me anymore. <laughs> nah, I, what I look like, my big hairy toes. Nah, I'll pass. I feel but, you, bro. but anyway, man, thank you again for being on the show. This was very always, spontaneous, bro. and it's always yeah. good. And you know, like I always say, a helping hand is a better hand. Thank you again, Dimitri. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Few pictures for sale. Don't forget. <laughs>